This is In the Word with Malcolm Weber. Everyone will forsake me. Even my own close friends will reject me. Some will even betray me. But I'm not alone. My Father is with me. Welcome to In the Word with Malcolm Weber. We desire to be united with Jesus in his death on the cross. But do we realize what that means? The cross means rejection, but the cross also means God's presence. The cross means death, but the cross also means life. Dr. Weber brings this word of God to us in the third part of his message, The Meaning of the Cross. Jesus himself had spoken about this time. John 16, 32. A time is coming and has now come when you will be scattered each to his own home. You'll leave me all alone. Everyone will abandon me. And yet I'm not alone. Wow. My father is with me. Everyone will forsake me. Even my own close friends will reject me. Some will even betray me. But I'm not alone. My Father is with me. John 8, Jesus said, when you've lifted up the Son of Man, what does that refer to? The crucifixion. Then you will know that I am the one I claim to be, and I do nothing in my own, but I speak just what the Father has taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. Wow. The Son of God upon the cross. The Father is not left him. He's with him. And Jesus' death upon the cross, of course, as we know, was a perfect fulfillment of the Old Testament picture, type, the symbol of the sin offering. And in the sin offering, Leviticus 6, the sin offering is to be slaughtered before the Lord, not cast out of his presence. The sin offering was slaughtered in the very presence of God. They went into the very presence of God to slaughter it. He perfectly fulfilled this. The presence of God. And not only in the Old Testament type, but theologically we know this is true. That the Father was always with him because, Colossians 2, in the Son of God dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All the fullness of the Godhead Father, Son, Spirit. You know that all of God is in the Father. All of God is in the Son. All of God is in the Spirit. There's not a third of God in each. I mean, there aren't three gods, one who can sort of, you know, turn his back on the other. There's one God. All of God is in the Son. He's one with the Father. Of course the Father was with him. We know it's true from direct statements. We know it's true from the Old Testament symbols. We know it's true theologically. The Father was with him, upholding him. Strengthening him. Turn, please, to Psalm 22. And this is the psalm that Jesus quoted on the cross. Those words, which, by the way, have been terribly, terribly, terribly misinterpreted. And people end up with very horrible, bizarre theologies of Jesus literally being cast out of his Father's presence and this sort of thing upon the cross. And, of course, we've just seen the complete error of that. If you need 
more help on that, please read my book, Blood of God. There's a whole chapter on this subject. Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? See, that's the nature of the forsaking. It was not a personal turning his back on him. Why aren't you delivering me? Why have you allowed sinful men to sweep over me and kill me, you see? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry out by day, but you don't answer. By night, and I'm not silent. And yet you are enthroned. In the midst of my suffering, my heart turns back to you with faith, with confidence. You are the Holy One of Israel. You are the praise of Israel. In you, our fathers put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. And this is what you see throughout this psalm. Is He goes through this despair where it looks like God has forsaken him. It looks like God has abandoned him into the will of his enemies. But then his heart goes back to God and to the faithfulness of God. And, and oh, but God, you are with me and I can trust you. But then again, he's overwhelmed with his circumstances. But then he comes back, and you see this back and forth through the whole psalm here. They cried to you, were saved. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. But, and then back to it, but I'm a worm and not a man, scorned of men, despised by people. Poetic language here, this worm business. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. They're mocking him. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him. You know, it's just perfect fulfillment, wasn't it? And Jesus on the cross. And yet, verse 9, here's his faith again. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even from my mother's breast. From my birth, I've been cast upon you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Lord, you've always been good to me. I've trusted you and you've been faithful. And so now, do not be far from me. Trouble is near. There's no one to help. You see his heart in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the terrible situation he's in. And yet he goes back and forth from being overwhelmed by it to, but God, come on, you know, you've always been faithful to me. I've looked to you. My fathers have looked to you and you were faithful. I've looked to you and you've been faithful. And so now, Lord, where are you? Help me. That's what the psalmist is saying. Back to his circumstance, because many bulls surround me. These are the bad guys. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions tearing their prey and, and all of the intimidation here and these terrible circumstances. And I'm poured out like water. My bones are out of joy. My heart is turned to wax. It's melted away within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue sticks through my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. And dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men have encircled me. They pierce my hands and my feet. He's in the midst of all of his terrible circumstances. I count on my bones. They stare and gloat. They divide my garments among them, cast lots for my clothing. But you, Lord, even though these wicked men are treating me in this horrible, terrible, unjust way, yet you, Lord, be not far off. Oh, my strength, come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions and save me from the horns of the wild oxen. You see, even in the midst of the terrible situation, he cries out to God, Lord, come, I know you'll be faithful. And then he says, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the congregation, I will praise you. Look at these words of faith. You who fear the Lord, praise him. This is what he will tell his brothers. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him, revere him, all you descendants of Israel. Why? Because he has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one, me, the Messiah. He has not hidden his face from him. 
but he's listened to his cry for help. There it is. The very same psalm says that God did not turn his face from his son. He says it. All you need to do is read the whole thing. <laughs> not just one verse. <laughs> and so we see that as he was hanging upon the cross in the midst of all of this terrible pain and suffering and humiliation and injustice, God was with him the whole time. This is the meaning of the cross. But the cross also means the presence of God. Not just as some vague theoretical thing that we believe is some you know, theoretical idea, but God with you, towards you, actively strengthening you, upholding you, so you can endure the cross. This is the meaning of the cross. Don't miss it. And this also was Paul's experience in his sufferings, exactly the same thing, 2 Corinthians 1. Praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. Wow. In all of our troubles. It looks like he's abandoned us. Sometimes it does, doesn't it? But he hasn't. And whatever you've been through, dear brother, dear sister, whatever you're going through now, it's a lot less than what Jesus did, to say the least. Isn't it? who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, just as, just as His sufferings flow into our lives, just as He's called us to embrace the cross and what it meant for Jesus, it means to us, same cross. Just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ, our comfort overflows. Wow. 
infinite comfort if you will turn your heart to Him and not allow yourself to be offended at God. You may start out where the Psalm 22 starts out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You may start out there, but you don't want to end there. You want to end where the Psalm ends. You want to wrestle with that, just like the psalmist wrestled with, that it looks like God has forsaken me, but, but He hasn't. He's with me. That's where you want to find Him. That's where you want to end up. Because if you miss that, you're going to end up in bitterness, anger. You're going to end up dead, angry. Angry against man, angry against God. Don't just stay in verse 1. Move through that whole wrestling. It's okay to wrestle, by the way. It's fine to wrestle. That's why he gave you the psalm. To give words to your wrestling. But just end up where he ended up. Jesus himself wrestled in the garden. But he ended up in a place of submission. Not grudging submission. Not angry submission. But deep surrender. This is the meaning of the cross. This is the meaning of the cross. The cross means pain, but the cross also means God's comfort. The cross means rejection, abandonment, betrayal. But the cross also means God's presence. The cross means death. Also means life. This is the meaning of the cross. This is the spiritual reality of embracing the cross. If you need prayer, would you please come right now? Let's close our eyes. Would you stand with me, please? Let's raise our hands to God. Focusing on Him, please, don't be distracted. I want to give an opportunity for those who are struggling right now in the dark shadows. Lord Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your faithfulness. You're faithful. Even when it looks like you've abandoned us, even when it looks like not only have men forsaken us, but it looks like you have too, but we know you haven't. We look at the cross, we see it so clearly, we see it so sharply, so truly. We see that the cross means your presence. The cross means your comfort, your life, your power. Your power, your power to endure, your power to forgive, your power to release, to release the hurt, to release the anger, to release the bitterness, to release the struggle, your power to overcome.
your power to be faithful in this time of testing. And Lord, we see you're testing us for eternity. You're asking us, are you worthy to reign on my throne? Are you worthy to know me in my fullness? Are you worthy to look upon my glory? Lord, by your spirit, by your help, we will be counted worthy. By your grace, we will embrace the cross. Even though we know, we've seen, we recognize in your son the depth, the severity, the seriousness of it. And yet, Lord, even even then, Lord, we still embrace it. We choose to embrace it because we love you. And we say, not our will, but yours be done. It's not our own comfort and blessing we seek. It's not just a nice little life on this earth that we seek, but it's eternity we seek. It's you we seek. It's you to know you, to know you in eternity, to be one with you know you, to know your beauty, to know your fullness. You, Lord Jesus, we love you. We love you. And so we don't run. We don't hide. We don't fight. But we embrace your will. raise our hands to God would you talk to God would you tell him you love him would you tell him you submit to him are you able to tell him you choose the cross don't make it up if you tell him he'll believe you (laughs) are you able to tell him you embrace the cross that you want the cross can you say that I don't know that I can (laughs) I think I'm more like you know the garden Lord Is it possible? Is there some other way? (laughs) Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Have your way. Have your way. We give up. We say our lives do not belong to ourselves. Our lives belong to you. Thank you taking our lives in your hands and making our lives beautiful. It's not something we could have done. We surrender our lives to you, Father. Take our lives. You've purchased them. They're yours. Your will be done. You know, Lord, abandon us. You will never forsake us. You'll always be with us, upholding us, strengthening us so we can endure and bring you glory. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Tune in next week for a new message, The Cross 
the resurrection.